0: That's right, bitches. I got a crossbow. And disco. Pooch, what's your status? Completely irritated and possibly crashing, but the fish is on the hook. You liking the angle of the dangle? I'm warning you. I am a lethal killing machine. I was a secret government experiment. They did stuff to me. Spooky stuff. Anal stuff. It turned me into a dangerous telekinetic. (laughs) Did you know that cats make 1,000
1: different sounds and dogs can only make 10? Cats, man. Not to be trusted.
0: (laughs) That's right. Today on Film on the Rocks, we wrap up our month of celebrating black creatives in film with The Losers from 2010. (laughs) Alrighty, welcome back to Film on the Rocks. I'm Brucker. I'm Levi. And today we are talking about The Losers from 2010. If you are new to Film on the Rocks, thank you for checking us out. We are a movie podcast. In each episode, we break down a movie through fun segments such as drinking rules. We sprinkle in some trivia. We talk about our favorite scenes, deeper messages, whether or not they deserve a sequel, and... Yeah, so and if you are a returning listener, thank you for coming back. And uh Levi, I'm really excited to talk about the losers. This is I think this is our first action movie on the podcast. That isn't is a Star really? Wars movie. That okay, I guess solo counts as a action movie. Right. I was
1: gonna say, yeah. That's very much an extra But like I even even so, take Star Wars out. Is this really our first action? I feel like we've Man, I don't know.
0: That's wild. Yeah, I guess everything else we've done has been kinda of like either a comedy or something serious or you Is know,
1: Shutter Island not kind of Well, uh, I guess that's not really an action. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I
0: feel like that this is like the most actiony action movie that we've done. You know, this is this is definitely probably like the first shoot 'em up we've done.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think I think you're right.
0: Yeah, definitely. So Today I'm really excited to talk about this because this movie is a lot of fun and mm-hmm. it's one is not really talked about all that much.
1: Yeah, I, I when you I think you were the one it had to have been you because I hadn't <laughs> even heard of it. Uh you said hey we should do the movie uh The Losers and I was like I've I don't know anything about that movie I hadn't even heard about it. I think I knew the only thing that I knew about it and I didn't even know I knew about it until after I would watched the movie was that was the scene and I mean we'll we can talk about it down the road where Chris Evans character Jensen has his fingers out and he's doing finger guns at three cops or like a, a security, security guards, guards that, are, that are trying to arrest him. And he's like, all right, you know, he's like, I, yeah, the, the quote that you said is like, they've done stuff to me. I, I'm a genetic experiment. I'd seen that picture of him with his finger guns and his gla- like his circle glasses and mm-hmm. everything, but I didn't, I didn't know where it was from, but now I do. But yeah, I hadn't heard of it, but it, this movie was a blast.
0: Oh yeah, no! This movie's a ton of fun, and I think a lot of it is to the credit of the director uh, Sylvain White. He was, Mm. he was the man that directed this, and he he's a pretty interesting character to research for this. He's he's actually a a Parisian man, and he has he doesn't have too many movies under his belt. He actually comes from a back. His background is really music videos and commercials which are things that are very visual, which I'll kind of get into how that played into him being a perfect fit for the losers. But so mm. so just some kind of like um, credentials of this movie. Like I've said, this movie came out in 2010. It was directed by Sylvain White. This movie stars Idris Elba, Zoe Saldana, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Chris Evans, Columbus Short, Oscar Yanata, Jason Patrick, or I'm sorry, Jason... You don't know yet. Jason Patrick and Holt <laughs> <laughs> and Holt uh, McCallany or McCallany. This movie had a budget of $25 million and it made $9.4 million its opening weekend and it grossed a little bit over $29 million worldwide. So it went, so it kind of, it it broke more than even. So yeah. uh, um,
1: the, in, in, as far as films go, that's pretty much breaking even.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so this wasn't like the smashing success that I guess that they were planning on on it being cuz I think it's obvious and we'll talk about it at the end of this episode when we get to sequel talk. But I definitely think that they were trying to set up at least a trilogy for for this mm-hmm. movie um with these characters. So, The Losers this movie is actually based on a graphic novel or comic book series called The Losers. Mm-hmm. And this Comic book series was written by Jock and Andy digil It had a the comic book series had a run of thirty two issues in two thousand and six. And this movie is an adaptation of the first two volumes, which were Anti Up and Double Down. And that's something that I kind of didn't realize beforehand because this movie is like a comic book. It's in a comic book style. It's very much aware yeah. that this is supposed to be a comic book, and I love that. It it really to me it it really captured that feel.
1: Yeah, I, I while we were while uh, Rachel and I were watching it, I I said that out loud. I was like, man, this just feels like I'm watching a comic book. It really, really does. And you know, DC put it together, so you mm-hmm. kind of knew that it had some sort of connection with something superhero related. Uh, while we were watching it, uh, a, a quote from from Rachel, she said she said, "Man, it feels like this movie had to walk in order for Deadpool to run. Like it felt mm-hmm. like it was trying to be kind of that." you know not only did it talk about you know a genetic genetically mutated person that went through scientific experiments kind of thing (laughs) blah 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 blah. but it like it felt very very you know it was violent it was it was gritty at times that it was suspenseful or could you know could be considered suspenseful at times uh Mm -hmm. and yet it was very silly and very goofy like to to make jokes in a very gory setting that's a very that's the thing that you know deadpool did in spades right um so that, i mean and it, it, yeah it, it get definitely gives that kind of comic book graphic novel feel to it
0: oh yeah definitely especially with like how they do certain cuts and i love yeah. it whenever they transition to a new location and they kind of had the location name like painted on like like the the landscape or whatever kind of like how it would look like in the corner of a comic book page it was awesome you know like miami yeah. was, a, was just painted over you know the water or something like that it was yeah it, it, it was stuff like that and also it, it it was written kind of like a comic book like the dialogue kind of felt like something that comic book characters would how they would speak with each other yeah at least particularly when they were doing their mission parts of the movie uh kind of like how we mm-hmm. open up with them on this recon mission or whatever uh it, it did feel like that and i really appreciate oh, oh, it, it yeah. made it super fun and enjoyable and like oh man this is this is a popcorn movie you know you're just sitting down having a fun time with this, it's silly, it's funny, it's witty, it's fast-paced, and it, uh, it's, it's, it, I enjoyed this a lot, I really like this movie.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, you feel that at the very beginning that this is supposed to be that kind of, you're supposed to kind of suspend a little bit of reality while you're watching this movie, because they roll in in this, you know, this jeep, mm-hmm. or, you know, this armored jeep, and there's, you know, what, how five of them, and they roll up and take out, yeah, five against 50, in no situation, <laughs> like tactical wise if you sneak in yes five can take out 50 if you're like discreet about it like in the best case scenario but if you're rolling in like through the front gate guns a mm-hmm. there's no way on heaven or on earth that you are making it out of there alive and they're like there's a school bus get on the school bus let's outrun this fire yeah you know, it, it it looked like a it looked like a show like in an amusement park. Like the car jumps over the ravine and the fire explodes behind it, and they're totally fine. And right, it it was. I mean, it was awesome. It was so good. I I mean, which for 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 those reasons is why I'm, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a forty eight percent audience score, though is fifty four percent. So there's it. There seems to be semi agreement, but the audience seems to like it a little bit better than, than yeah. the critics do. But they do recognize that while it isn't, you know.
0: It's a fun movie. It's yeah. it's funny. I think I would probably put it more in the 60 range, like 60%. Um, yeah. Because I think this, I mean, there's, well, I guess we could get into into it in a little bit, but there's some stuff about the plot. I'm like, I don't know if I really follow, but yeah, you know, it, it's a fun movie. Um,
1: yeah. I, th- I think you can justify in the 60s if you recognize that it is a comic book and there is some kind of suspension of reality while you watch mm-hmm. it. Uh, But if you're watching it like this is a movie about covert ops being hunted by their government, then like I can understand why you're like, yeah, this is like 48 percent because this is not Mm -hmm. this makes no sense how they were able to. But like it's a yeah, it's a comic book. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun. It's fun.
0: So I kind of want to kind of get into Sylvain White, the director of this movie, kind of elaborate a little bit more why I think and others think that he was the right guy for this job. So oh, yeah. And because, you know, again, we're using this month to celebrate uh, these, you know, black creatives. And he is, I think, somebody that might be, how am I trying to put this? Maybe underappreciated because I, I really like this movie. And his filmography is a little sparse. I think he only has like five or six movies under his belt. He does a lot of network television. He's directed so many network television shows, like from The, the Mentalist's to sleepy hollow like um like it's like it's crazy i i can't the list was too big i couldn't i was like i i can't look at all this just go on his imdb he has done a peppering of episodes on like almost every major network television series like i think that's where he kind of and all this was post this movie so i guess maybe he kind of found his his sweet spot where what he really likes to do so before he did the losers his debut was actually stomp the yard Which was a a big success movie. And that movie also starred uh, Columbus Short, who was Pooch in this movie. Sylvain White is also known for both writing and directing a critically acclaimed French murder mystery called The Mark of the Angels. And so he he has some accolades below him. And I I just think that this, I feel like this movie kind of gets lost in the shovel because it's not like a serious action movie like Jason Bourne or a James Bond, but he was the right guy for the job because this is a comic book adaptation and he got that. They actually had a different director before him, but he said what got him the job for this was that he understood both the tone and visually how this movie needed to be done. Because like I said, he has a background in music videos and commercials, which rely heavily on visuals. And he got how, this movie needs to be a visual movie, like with all the things that kind of pop out at you to kind of remind you that this is the source material is a graphic novel. Like the things we talked about with the location title cards and the how they do transitions, like, like a comic book page is turning and he, he mm-hmm. just got that. Uh, and one of his suggestions too, about the script was that the script also originally had a way more political had po- had political elements and ties in it. To kind of make it maybe slightly more serious. But he kind of said... It's kind of losing the focus and the tone... Of what these comic books actually are. So he said that... So my suggestion was to completely detach from the political stuff. And really focus in on the fun action elements of this movie. And I really think that was the right move. Because if this you kind of get lost in the weeds if you get into all the politics about this with like eco-terrorism and I mean he he did a great job and all of the actors loved working with him and um something that I thought that was really cool was that Sylvain White actually had the two comic book creators uh Jock and Andy on set with him to kind of like hey is this your vision because I want because I don't want like I'm wanting to make it kind of like my spin, but also want to make sure it's still within the same breath as your vision as well. Kind of thing. Mm. And so he actually had them on set when they were filming um, a majority of the fight scenes. So that way they can kind of go, yeah, that's definitely how these characters would, how, how they would definitely interact or fight in this stuff and, or in these sequences. So I, th- I think that's really cool that he was trying that hard to stay genuine to the source material when somebody else would, take this and probably make it way more serious than what it needed to be
1: yeah i think we can appreciate that and i mean i think if they did add the political stuff to it regardless of what level you kind of brought it on like you can still you can still take your own message from any movie as we're probably going to find out by the end of this podcast uh but i mean the more uh, with the way that it was built i mean adding kind of like a political message to it would have made it feel too Mm-hmm. I, forced is the wrong word, maybe cheesy. I don't know, but it, I think the percentage would be even lower just for it to, you know, it'd be like, this is serious, but then they're like, you know, finger guns on, in the next yeah. scene, but being like, but seriously, you know, I yeah. don't know. I, there's, there's a way to toe that line, and I'm sure, like, there are movies that have done it, but with the way that they had built this movie, I'm, I think they made a very, very smart choice not adding that political element, element to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. And another thing that I felt like he did that just nailed this movie was that he he handpicked the cast for this movie. He he handpicked the the major six characters in this and including Aisha plus the five uh, five guys in the in the uh, Black Ops team. Mm-hmm. He he handpicked these and I feel like he just nailed that. Like he really got who all would mesh and blend and have good chemistry together and who would do what. I mean this this movie is awesome, and, like, uh, Zoe Saldana is fantastic in this, and yeah. she's just the all-around badass. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah. the movie she was in, uh, Colombiana. That movie is sick, and she is a total badass in that. If you like action movies like this, but you want it slightly more serious, uh, I would check that out. Colombiana is... A, she is amazing in that movie. Well,
1: yeah, and Zoe Saldana, she's one of the the best actors in the world today. Like, mm-hmm. she's she's been in everything. I mean she has a, she, avatar and she did the uh guardians of the galaxy and she, i mean star like, trek as well star trek yeah i mean she's had her hands in a lot of different like cinematic superstar projects oh yeah um and uh, the fact that they got i like i love it chris evans this is literally the year the the, the next year is when captain america the, the first avenger is released so <laughs> this is like chris evans is just skyrocket into stardom like he he was a probably like a b-list like he he did the fantastic four and like he was a relatively common name i'd say but not like huge mm-hmm. and then but like this and then next was like most everything else he was doing was avengers related and so he's right like marvel and disney and now everybody knows who he is
0: yeah definitely and this was also the same year that scott pilgrim came out too and he was in that movie as well i don't know which one yeah. came out first
1: Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
0: But anyways, and what's really cool is that this cast, uh, Zoe Saldana, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Columbus Short, who, by the way, Columbus Short, who was pooch in this movie, besides being in Stomp the Yard, he was also in a couple episodes of That So Raven, the Disney Channel show, which I find kind of hilarious. Really? <laughs> yes. I don't know what character, but he was, a, he was only in two episodes, I saw.
1: That's so... I wonder
0: if he was, like, one of Raven's boyfriends or something anyways and then um uh, oscar uh uh yonanda the guy who played cougar i'm sorry i'm butchering his last name um mm. he was in rambo last blood and he has he's a huge latino star like he's in several latino uh, television programs and so he he's you know he's a big star there and that and holt uh mccallany he's i don't know if you've ever seen the netflix show mind hunter levi but he plays mm. Bill in that show. And that is, Bill is my favorite character from Mindhunter. Mindhunter is an amazing show on Netflix. If y'all no, haven't checked I it have, out, you need to I see it. I haven't
1: seen Mindhunter. I'll, I'll need to check that out. Oh,
0: it's amazing. But so, yeah, I mean, again, credit to... And what I was trying to the point I was trying to get to is besides all these people having great chemistry here, they went on and did lots of projects together. Like Zoe Saldana and... Idris Elba did a handful of movies together after this. They were both in that movie Takers. And Chris Evans and Zoe Saldana are both in the MCU as, you know, Captain America and Gamora. And Idris Elba does a couple voices, a few characters in a few different MCU movies. So, I mean, and I think Idris Elba is also in one of the Star Trek movies as well. So, like, they've kind of all worked together and done stuff together outside of this but it was all after this movie so i think that's really cool yeah that you know again i'm just giving credit to uh sylvain white that he was able he had a real eye for cast image yeah. cast chemistry
1: that's that's what sold rachel on seeing this movie is i was like oh it's this movie it's called the losers it seems pretty fun and she's like she's like yeah i might watch it with you i was like idris elba's in it and she's like idris elba right okay yeah i'll watch it and i was like yeah idris elba is the coolest he's the man He's so
0: great. <laughs> well, I love this movie. It's a lot of fun, and I am ready to get to just dive right into the drinking rules, man. Yeah. So what do you got for us?
1: Okay. So this, this one was this – was, this wasn't super hard to think of, of drinking rules, but I uh, was trying to, trying to pick the ones that I like the best. But I went with uh, uh, take a drink when somebody dies in slow motion. Okay. or you know you can you can span that out and if somebody you know gets shot in slow motion or whatever there's a
0: lot of that okay. in the opening scene
1: yes, there is this is that first it's number one for a reason it gets you prepped for the for the rest of the movie. <laughs> that's what's happening you for about for a solid like three minutes you're like, okay, there's another or there's another all right
0: got to prime your liver
1: um, yeah, exactly, yeah, right uh, take a drink when a member of the losers' squad is shot okay um. So whenever they, uh, you, you see, let's see who was it. Jensen gets shot in the shoulder, mm-hmm. and we see Pooch get shot in the leg twice. So that'd be two shot, uh, two two drinks. I can't. That's all I can think of off the top of my head just that's now. Okay. But still, the uh, I know that you know people are getting shot all over the place. So whenever they, whenever they get shot, um, take a drink. Uh, whenever, <laughs> this is probably my favorite one. But whenever there's there's bad CGI fire. Like, it's clearly fake fire. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh. the <laughs> the... Yeah, like, when the helicopter blows up. Yes, and it's just so, like, it's so very not real, <laughs> and you can tell, and they're, they're standing in the, the wreckage, and there's, like, it's clearly just this rubble, and they're standing really close to this fire, and, you know, you can't necessarily do that because, uh, you know, danger. Uh, yeah. And it's, like, clearly, like, this computer-animated uh cgi with a side note anytime that you see i'll add this as kind of like a a side drinking rule with the bad cgi whenever you can clearly tell there is a cut between the stunt double (laughs) and the real actor because there's a scene where chris evans's stunt double is clearly doing flips and you think it's chris evans but then it cuts and like chris evans looks different and his hair is a different like is shorter and all of this stuff and it's just it's just so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime there's kind of like That's a hilarious. bad cut like that, take a drink.
0: That poor Stump Double had to rock that weird facial hair too that Chris Evans had this whole movie. <laughs> right? And his hair, he kind of had that weird like like
1: it was the, he wasn't like it was, it's just this weird seeing it on Chris Evans because you're used to like this comb over. Yeah. But it's had... like this short kind of like like high and tight kind of cut, which is why I think, I, you know, this I don't know if this is true or not. This is why I think that uh, Scott Pilgrim vs the World was probably after was released after this movie, just because of Chris Evans's hair length. Uh-huh. His hair was shortened, and then you see it's a little it's a little bit longer in Scott Pilgrim. Granted, like hair grow like you know I don't know how many months in between each, but then it's fully the big time full time comb over with uh, Captain America. So that's. <laughs> That's a, that's my theory. It's it gotta was.
0: have that that American like quaff to it, you know. So <laughs> yes, the American quaff. Yes, of course. I just made that up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, kind of in the same realm with Chris Evans. Take a drink every time, Chris Evans. You realize that Chris Evans is the real star of the show. <laughs> um. Because oh my goodness, that man is so funny in he this was movie. Hilarious in this. Oh my gosh, it was so good,
0: and I I just yeah, it it was just so. I hope to see him in more comedies now because he was I mean, yeah he, he could do it. He could deliver like these lot the, the all, all the jokes. It was great. Yeah,
1: he his timing was so perfect, and the chemistry. What made that so good is like the chemistry mm-hmm. was was ridiculously good uh and he i mean it felt like you when he talks he's all buddy buddy with them and apparently chris evans is like a super sweet guy in real life anyway yeah so apparently it's really easy to like him which could play a lot to play a lot into the fact that they had such good chemistry but yeah anytime you know his one-liners we did a lot of those in the quotes and you know we'll, we'll talk about some scenes i'm sure a lot of our like at least a lot of my scenes have him <laughs> in it i'm sure brooker yours would do as yeah. well yeah a lot of he's my drinking a, rules involve him too. It's yes, it was hard he's to just stay a
0: f- away. Fun character. He's so good. Yeah, him and Zoe Saldana like like everybody was great, but I felt like them two really were just like the two pillars of this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah I agree I agree. As far yeah as far as the best characters actors in general, yeah I thought they they were the best by far. Mm-hmm. My final drinking rule is, and I was trying to decide which scene to go or which moment to go with but I ended up going with finish your drink when uh you see uh this kind of a big climactic scene you think a bunch of the losers are about to get executed and uh Zoe Zaldana's character uh Aisha uh comes and with a rocket launcher, and it's that slow-motion scene where she fires it, the explosion, and the rocket comes out <laughs> of a rocket launcher. It is the coolest. So finish your drink when that happens. That's a really good one. It is so, one. so good. I was like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> it just, like, gets you fired. I mean, because it's, it's Rocket just that so, beer down your gullet! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah! It, it's just one of those scenes where you... Again, if there's more political stuff, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this scene!" But like the fact that it's so funny and goofy, it's like it's like watching. This is such a terrible comparison, but it's like watching. Um it's like watching like WWE wrestling almost. Oh my where god! You're like, yeah, you're like she's on the high rope. Oh, she's got the <laughs> rocket launcher. Yeah, they blew it up. They blew it all up. Yeah, it's it, it's the same feeling inside whenever I'm. I'm just like yeah, let's go, dude. That's um,
0: awesome. And what you were saying about if this was more of a political movie, it would be kind of off or cheesy. Here, it, you know that she would have some sort of cheesy badass line here, like filibuster this prick and <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, exactly. You're like, oh, come on. Yeah. But those, those, are my, those are my five. Those are my
0: five. Oh, dude, I love those. Uh, so <laughs> this was a really fun movie to do drinking rules for. And, again, yeah. the Chris Evans is just loaded with drinking rules with this movie, his character Jensen's. But I try to stay away from – I got two rules involving him, but you could do so many if you wanted to. Um, my first drinking rule is just drink whenever there's slow motion, period which is mm. this movie is riddled with that and that's okay because yeah. it's an action movie this this is where sl- slow motion belongs really is in action mm. movies so but sometimes i say that in the same breath there is some parts where i was like really do we need slow motion during the during the aisha clay sex scene okay but right yeah <laughs> right no, exactly that's exactly right oh man but <laughs> so so just take a drink whatever there's slow motion um, my first drinking rule involving Jensen, Chris Evans' character, is drink every time he tries to flirt or hits on a, a woman in this movie, which was mm. just one of the funniest things. And my, I think one of my favorite ones was when they're doing, when they're trying to steal the helicopter, and he has to pretend that he just got into his car wreck and he's laying down on the on the concrete, and this this woman soldier comes up to him. And she's, like, trying to, like, you know, mend him and everything. He goes, oh, wait, you look like that or something like that. And, huh. and it was just so funny because he was just like, hey, guys, I- I'm done with the bit. I-, I need to try to get her number. Like, I- I'm done doing this whole steal the cal- helicopter thing. You know, I'm trying to steal. I'm trying to steal these digits. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was stuff like that was, was really funny. So whenever uh, Jensen is flirting or h- trying to hit on a woman in this movie, take a drink. Also, with Jensen, my third drinking rule is whenever you see he's wearing a t-shirt with a gun on it, take a drink. He had some of the best oh. graphic tees in this, which this one didn't yeah. have a gun on it. But the bright pink one, the, the petunias, the, the yes. his niece's soccer team. Yes. Oh, my God. That was so funny. And I love what he, the first time he wears it and Idris Elba just goes, is nobody going to mention his shirt? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so good. Oh, man. Like, yeah,
1: that, that his riffing with that, because he's so unapologetically himself in this movie where he's just like, it's my niece's team. And they're like, take it off. And he was like, no. Like, what? No. no what? You don't like the shirt? I like the shirt. It's my niece's team. I'm okay with it. Yeah, they went. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like giving reasons why it's legitimate. Be like, yeah, they won regionals. That's why I'm wearing it. Like, they're a really good team.
2: It's mm-hmm. just, and then, like, it's a, that so way sweet.
0: later on, he's talking about how he's worried because he, he, like, pulls up a picture of, like, the team they're playing, and it's, like, a bunch of what looks like, like huge like, huge chicks, and he's just like, man, yes. they, they don't stand a chance. How is this a little girls' soccer team? I don't understand. how They're going to stop right. on my petunias.
1: <laughs> they're gonna stomp on my petunias that's exactly right
0: i love it it's kind of so funny but any, so the rule was whenever there is a gun on his shirt because there's a couple of them but you could also just do it whenever he's doing a really bright colored different color shirt uh, you could do that too
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: um my fourth drinking rule is whenever there is the title card for the location that you know reminding you uh, that this yeah. is based on a comic book so like the Miami or the Dubai being painted over the sand or the water. Yeah. Take a I drink. I
1: thought about that
0: one. Yeah, that was a real fun one. And then my last drinking rule is whenever they say Max, take a drink.
1: Whenever they say Max. Max, yes, the okay. villain of this movie. Because there's a lot That's
0: of good. them just being like, Max did this, or I'm trying to get back at Max, and you know, there's a lot of that before you actually meet him. So, a lot of yeah. Max talk.
1: A lot of Max talk. Yeah, I would. And to go back on that, on your previous drinking rule about the the locations, kind of like mm-hmm. the bah, you know, in the ocean. Uh, rachel and i were cracking jokes while we were watching and we were uh, i would kind of be like like it would happen i'd be like hey you know what rachel Uh, like it would say dubai Let's say it says dubai i'd be like you know what rachel i think that's jamaica i'm pretty (laughs) sure that's jamaica and she'd be like oh my gosh But like yeah you know what i do i think it's jamaica no no way it's dubai it's dubai you know what i think it's dubai (laughs) like oh like like before
0: it came on the screen
1: no, while it's on the screen, oh, like oh. like it show, it clearly says Dubai, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think it's Dubai. Like I I think scenes like that where it clearly like it like bold letters, like mm-hmm. it. I don't know that can that can be a little cheesy sometimes too. But like again, I thought that it all it all worked out just fine.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I thought you were trying to tell a situation where you're trying to guess what it was, and then you were just instantly proven wrong.
2: But I know I see. no no. no, no, no. <laughs> Fans of Film on the Rocks obviously enjoy a great download. Here's another, Substitute Angel, the multiple award-winning novel by Timothy Best is now available at audible.com. While driving home in a snowstorm one night, paramedic Doc Watson hits a deer that runs across the road. At least he thought it was a deer. It actually turns out to be an angel sent to prevent the murder of a young woman in the small Northern Michigan town where Doc works. Now, injured, she can't complete her mission. So she recruits a very skeptical doc to intervene to try to save the young woman's life. But in the process, his life gets sucked into a whirlpool of danger and startling realizations. In Detail Magazine wrote Timothy Best weaves a touching tale evoking belly laughs and sobbing tears of joy that most novels only dream of producing. Substitute Angel is available on paperback, ebook, and now an audiobook. Substitute Angel by Timothy Best, downloaded on your Audible.com app today. And now, on with the show.
0: No, yeah. So, I um, really love our drinking rules. So, let's let's get into what kind of scenes really jumped out to us. Um, if it's cool, I kind of want to start off with the opening s- scene to this movie. Yes, it was a yes. lot of fun. Cause, oh man, it was great. Cause I love this card game that they're playing. And you know it, they they don't know what car- they're putting cards on their foreheads and they don't know who has the high card, so and they're all gambling their weapons and there's like I'm gonna put down a bigger gun I'm gonna put down a bigger knife I'm gonna put down a fuck you knife you know and it's just yeah 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 <laughs> so uh, it was just so great and Idris Elba he just keeps pulling out bigger and bigger knives and Jensen's just like where do you where do you keep these on you. <laughs> huh. Yeah.
1: And I, I, yeah, I had that scene in my, in my list too, the, the kind of the opening scene. It's so good because it's funny and it's mm-hmm. goofy, but it also lets you in. Like, you know, a lot of times people kind of need when it, you're creating narrative, you need to be as a lot of people are very specific mm-hmm. about what's happening. And like, we'll say it, it kind of like, you know, in those moments where somebody is talking on the phone and you can't hear what the other person's saying and they go, no I'm not an idiot (laughs) of course I'm gonna go to the party or whatever where that's not how it like they say are you going to the party you're like yeah or of course I am not like repeating back well like they have to so you can understand what's happening on the other end Uh, they didn't do that on this scene and it was so good where they communicated that these men are very close Mm -hmm. are really connected they go, they go back. Like there's, they ha, are, you know, have a deep relational bond. But also at the same time, these guys are ruthless killers because they just carry all of this, all of this weaponry on them. They're not like, they're not just like goofy guys that happen to be in the middle of nowhere and are also soldiers. They're like, no, they're, they've been bonded and they're really close. But they're also killing machines. Mm-hmm. Look at, like, this isn't like just some. Like he he's pulling out some like mega, mega knives and these guns that they're, you know, oh, it's just, yeah, it cues you in onto the situation and we're not like, here's the background to every, you know, not that that's oh, a yeah, bad I thing, appreciate but like that. you, not that that is always a bad thing, but like your, your Suicide Squad scenes where you have like, the first member is Harley Quinn, bah, 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 and they have to get your backstory. Yeah, they didn't the have The next like- member is deadshot, you know, which, you know, and uh, not every single one of those background moments was bad, but they could have done that, but the difference is, is that in that situation, it's comic book characters, and people are like, oh yeah, give us some backstory. These are people we don't know on a movie that people are coming to see where, like, for the most part, people aren't like, this comic means the world, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like not a very popular comic, necessarily. As far as I am know, I, I haven't heard of it. Maybe it is popular, I don't know. But they recognized that, and they said, how can we like, you know, if they're trying to communicate without spelling it out, you know, right. like you can, yeah. Anyway, I yeah, thought that was, like, I thought it was really well done.
0: Yeah. Kind of jumping on what you were saying, but comparing it to Suicide Squad. Yeah. There was definitely no scene of them being like, well, so what are we just some group of losers? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. There's none some of kind that. Of suicide Squad. Yeah. They just had like the real, they just had like the very quick kind of like title card for each person. Like Cougar, specialist, you know, or Jensen. Yeah. T- uh, tech tech guy you know what and that's all we needed you know that was fine and it's very quick right. and i also love the them besides there's like the the anteing of the the weaponry it also kind of felt like a comic book slash like video game because i kind of felt like oh we're at the beginning of the mission where we pick our weapons before we go do the mission you know what would be good what would do we want this big gun or this big knife you know it, it yeah, kind of felt like yeah, that a it little was, bit yeah it's a lot of fun and what you were saying about how we we really got how close that They were because that you know they don't have to speak to each other in full sentences for them to kind of get it. Like, what I think that you were kind of leading towards this was the part where Pooch and Jensen are walking up to the school bus and they're just like, Should we? He's like, Wait, this? They're like, yeah, I don't know. Would it be easy? And like, they're kind of like, You you get that they're talking about stealing the school bus, but they're not saying that they're just like, Should we? I don't know. Would it be hard? I don't know. It, it's kind of just going back, Yeah, yeah I guess we yeah. should. And I just love that so much it's like god these guys are such good buddies I-, I i dig it It it's just great
1: yeah i that whole i really i put it down as the um the f- the, f- the the really it's really their first heist is them going in for these kids um that's just that like that's kind of our first their first like kind of that's heist what it turns moment. into yeah 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 and it's I mean, it's so good. I love it. Where they, it's the, you know, the morality over what the, mm-hmm. and, over what the authority
0: says. And it's so good because, you know, they're saying like, you know, just back off. You know, we're still going to, we're still going to light it up. And they're like, well, we got to go in there and save those kids. So like they break orders and go do it anyways. But, and there is no discussion of whether or not they should do it. They just, all right, mm-hmm. let's roll. And it's just the overconfidence they have. Like, yeah, we could do this. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Which,
1: again, you kind of have to suspend reality a little bit, like I said earlier, because they. Yeah, it's a comic book. Like, that's the thing. You can't go in being like, wait a minute, this isn't special. Like, it's like, no, it's a comic
0: book. Like, yes, they would get. That, that, this yeah, is you don't have to worry situation. about what the I don't know the, the the Coke and Pepsi lobbyists are going to say about this. You know, again, oh, again, get, uh, yeah. again, getting yeah. away from from the from the political stuff that was originally in the script that White decided to get rid of, and he's just like, mm-hmm. just go in there, guns a blazing, get that school bus, right. get those kids, and get out.
1: Yeah, I can almost guarantee you people would not be a fan of the movie if Jensen was like, But what about the Coke lobby? to be like, <laughs> Yeah, Jensen, that's true. We gotta sit on this for a second. Oh uh, we gotta do this for Coke Zero. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry kids. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so good. Um I also I also had the other heist on my list. The what I what I called the magnet heist. Oh, one. They come that's in with a, a giant magnet on this chopper it pick up this armored vehicle. Yes. Um, the, it was so good. I, I love... you know, The, you the have, Miami job. <laughs> yeah, that was a the good The Miami job. Yeah, the Miami job where you have... Uh, they're in the yellow... You know, got a couple of them in the yellow... The yellow car shooting like tear gas and grenades mm-hmm. out into the out into the middle of the street. Yes. And <laughs> yes. Jensen is at the at the hot dog stand, which, again, like these guys are coming out being like there's someone under attack. What do we do? They're not like we're in the middle of this busy street and we're trying to be covert about this. We should probably do this and this. They're like, shoot them down. And you have this just swarm of people climb out of the truck with giant guns and just start firing yeah, everywhere that's great. it's so fun and oh that's just that's just so good and even I mean again the fun interaction they're up in the chopper being like a little to the left let me do my job What? let me do my job just let me do <laughs> let, Just shut up shut up let me do my job fine do your job I'm gonna do my job It's just, it's such a little fun, fun little scene. They
0: show, like, Pooch looked down at the dashboard, and he has his Chihuahua bobblehead with him, his little lucky Chihuahua bobblehead. He looks at him like, Chihuahua, give me strength right now, man. I'm I'm dealing with all these people
1: yelling at me. That's some sort of comic book reference, like, to the book. Like, that has some significance in the book, but I... That was something that never we never really got resolved at why he had the chihuahua with him.
0: I I kind of took that as like yeah that's yeah, he's had that in everything he's driven. That's, that's just his lucky. I, I just took that's it as like that's charm. his lucky chihuahua bobblehead.
1: Yeah, I I figured I figured it probably had something to do with that. It was kind of implied, but I didn't know if it had any sort of like deeper significance.
0: man eh, nah, probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he uh, that was something that he took from like a a, a, a certain factory. They had to. I don't know. Get people out of it was like a sweatshop or something. He was like, "I'm gonna take this little chihuahua as a memento to remember, remember maybe. why why I'm do this." <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Some big, some big mission. One, maybe his first mission. I don't know. Yeah, good thought. I'm, not, I'm,
0: but I'm sure. glad. I'm glad you brought this one up because this was a scene I had on my list because this was such a fun part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you said, it starts off with Rogue and Clay having an argument together in that American classic that rogue just thinks it's a piece of crap and uh, it was just so funny and just that's where we get the chris evans line i got a uh, crossbow bitches it's so <laughs> oh it was so good oh that was
1: i think that's the best line in the whole movie that was
0: so funny oh uh,
1: it was it was great yeah so yeah
0: it, it just felt like fun action movie and again cat was my girlfriend she was losing her mind during this because um uh, wade's character who was like the the head of security for max i guess He's just he's just unloading this heavy art, anti artillery gun and in the middle of like downtown yeah. Miami and Katz is yeah. like, what is going on? Why is like why is like the, the the National Guard not coming in to stop this? Like this was insane.
1: Yeah, clear. I mean, clearly Max and his and his goons have some sort of ties to the to the FBI or the CIA or something. So maybe maybe they're in on it. I don't know. Maybe it's an inside job. Yeah, I don't know.
0: A scene that I had that I really liked was... I, I had I had a couple more, but one that I wanted to point out was the fight scene between Aisha and Clay when they fight in the hotel room and like they meet for the first time. Yeah. This was really good because I really felt like this is where uh, Sylvain White really got to flex his muscles at what he's great at. And again, this is knowing that he has a background in music videos made this fight sequence make so much more sense to me. Not that I Mm. thought it was bad or anything, but I was able to kind of look at it differently going, like, Oh, okay. He's trying, like, he's kind of doing this like you would in the music video. And you have this awesome song by the killers. You are a, you are a fever by the killers is playing during this. And Mm. you know, their, their whole fight sequence. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's intense. And it's also kind of flirty too, you know, because yeah, there's some yeah. chemistry with them, and it's just really intense, well choreographed. And the I listened to interviews with uh, Zoe Saldana and uh, Jeff Mo- Jeffrey Morgan, and they said that they trained and rehearsed that fight scene for a month, but Dang. they only spent two days shooting it. And they said, which to me kind of sounds like a long time, but I'm not in the movie industry so i don't know but they said that's actually sure. really short for a scene like that they said normally you would spend two to three weeks shooting at that scene but they did it mm. in two days and Dang. part of the reason why they had to do it so quickly is because the fire that starts in the room that wasn't cgi that was a real fire so they i
1: was i was about to say that was the thing i was most impressed by i was like the fire in that room looked real
0: yes it was and so they were actually fighting in a room they lit on fire for two days Dang so and they Zoe Saldana said that you know we only shot it for two days yeah we trained for months shot it for two days but those two days we spent shooting we had bruises all over our bodies after it because we just beat the crap out of each other
1: dude I don't doubt it they didn't look like they were pulling anything that looked real
0: yeah, no, it was it was really good. And uh, Jeffrey Morgan said that yeah. Another reason why was only two days because there's a part in the fight where she breaks a TV over his head. He said yeah, we did. We only had so many TVs for her to break over my head. So you know, as soon as we got done with the last one, I'm like all right, well, I guess we're done. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I mean, you could you could kind of sense a fight coming
1: anyway. Like when she goes into the bathroom and they both they both know. They both start stretching, and I was like, oh, is right? that's just so good. And she comes out, and they size each other up, and oh, my gosh, that's so good.
0: I wish that we got some sort of internal monologue just to kind of show what they each thought was happening. He's like, like, Zoe his character is stretching. She's like, all right, right, gotta, gotta make sure, you know, swing left real hard, get his legs, you know, you know, preparing yeah. for the yeah. fight. And he's stretching. Yeah. He's like, all right, Big Daddy, you got to show her who's the boss. Oh, going to get uh. me some? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh i well i I, that's funny you think that i saw it as them both i thought they were both stretching getting ready to fight each other you think that like him stretching was him being like about to have sex
0: i i think that would be funny but like i definitely like thought that like you know it was them both preparing to fight each other but i thought that would kind of would have been like a funny comic book thing to put in there like the little thought bubble above their heads like him thinking he's about to get lucky and her being like about to kick his ass so just kind of showing like they both that like they're just not on the same page i thought that would have been kind of funny but no i agree with you yeah I yeah definitely thought they're both getting ready to fight each other which is also kind of hilarious that he brought her back he's like all right best i guess i'm about to fight this person
1: <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah oh that scene is that's a good scene i'm glad i'm glad that you mentioned that one um I'm glad you didn't take this scene because I'm sure it's on your list, and it was the last one on my list. It's the Chris Evans as the IT guy scene. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yep. That, scene is, that scene is so good. Like that was the.
0: It's one of the best parts the, of the movie.
1: Oh, for sure. It, it might be the the overall. It might be the yeah. It might be the best scene in the whole movie. I don't know, but uh, it just was so. It's just so funny, and him coming in and say, "What what song was he singing?" Journey. He it was
0: um the the Journey song. Holy shit. Some will win, some will lose. Oh, don't stop believing. Yes, that's it. I had to sing it to actually, like, remember. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just so good, like, because he, I mean, he did that to, like, clear people out and him being like, no one else wants in uh, on the elevator? Okay. You know, and he, uh, that's where we get, we also get the, uh, liking the angle of the dangle and they're all (laughs) kind of looking him up and down, which that, I'm very sad I did not have that quote in my repertoire growing up. I feel like I would use that quote all the time. <laughs> I mean, the angle of the angle, I love that. I just uh,
0: imagine you, like, having, like, your life is flashing before your eyes when you saw this party going, I could have used this so many times. <laughs> yes. Yes. I got to stop changing in elevators, too,
2: by the right.
1: way. I got-
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, man. But him, uh, uh, there's a, you know, that, that was the only part in that scene where he's like downloading all of the stuff or whatever. Mm hmm. Um, where they did do dialogue to tell you what he was doing that I did not think needed to be there where he was like, all right, downloading, completing download. <laughs> like just talk... I don't think he's talking to. Maybe he was talking to somebody in his ear. If that's oh, the case, then that's probably it. I guess, I guess that makes more sense. But then he gets out and the security guys show up and he he starts like this again how close how big of a bond they have uh you've got you know you got the sniper in the window and he's like and you know he just moves his hand up like he's shooting a gun and it sniper bullet from all like i don't know how long that shot was but that has to be one of the greatest sniper shots of all time it
0: was several city blocks at least
1: yeah, that's insane.
0: Cougar's the, a stud, man. He, he just, Cougar
1: is a stud because I don't know what the record for the longest snipe is, but I think it's somewhere around like, like two thousand meters or one hundred and eighty or excuse me, uh, uh, eighteen hundred meters or something. I don't know. For all, for anyone that you know, what I'm, I'll just I'll I'll look it up during the. Uh, if you have any other scenes but like i it has to like that shot was so good it was like, really
0: cool th- I'll, I'll here I'll, I'll tap out i'll tap you out real quick yeah so okay. that <laughs> so i love this scene too because it was hilarious and something that I, I thought that i had during this was when chris evans was actually changing in the elevator and I had a thought to myself. Went, oh, good for them for not having Zoe Saldana just you know being the only real real woman in this movie. Good job on them not having her just stripped down in this elevator unnecessarily because you know that would have been like a whole that's a whole thing, but. But then I was like, oh, good on them for, for you know, doing that, ha- having a guy do this, you know, give one to the ladies. And then, um but then, like, I don't know, 10 minutes later, we get a slow mo sex scene at first. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, okay. I guess we didn't get the elevator scene because we got this. All right. But so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was about to give the movie a lot of credit for that. But in you know, he goes up there, like, like you said, and just everything he's saying while he's like holding them with the finger guns, it's great. And I love this the line he gives to the last guy. He goes, yeah, that's right. Get down on the ground or I'll make your heart stop beating with my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so good. And when I was looking up the, the trivia for this, I guess a lot of people were confused about when this movie actually came out. Cause a lot of people were like, Oh, trivia, trivia fact, did you know that this movie actually came out before Captain America? So this little monologue he gives about him being a government experiment was not an Easter egg for Captain America. It was just pure coincidence.
1: So, that's that's hilarious.
0: So I was like, thank you, IMDB trivia person for putting that up there. Thank you so much.
1: Mm. Okay, so I, I have it, you know, granted this could be very incorrect. This is according to BBC, so there you go. <laughs> Uh, The longest successful shot, sniper shot, holy mackerel, was 3,540 meters, which is just absurd, by the way. Like, holy crap. That's mm-hmm. insane. Longest confirmed... That's the longest confirmed kill shot. 3,540 meters. And a city block is... A typical city block in... Well, in in Manhattan, it's 264, or or, let's see, by meters, it's 80 by 274 meters. In Chicago, it's 200 by 100 meters. So, I mean, I don't think that broke any records, but I'm, by all accounts of, like, the order of the greatest shots of all time, I'm sure it's on the list.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it was almost like one of those things, I I don't know which one came out. Have you ever seen that movie, Wanted? yes i have i have i I don't know which one came out if wanted came out or this came out first but it kind of did like that thing that they did in wanted where like they show like the bullet hole and then they do like that long zoom to where it originated from but in wanted it was like way longer but yeah so it kind of it was like reminiscent of that a little bit i don't know which movie came out first but
1: yeah well wanted that's on a whole nother level curving bullets and whatever like that's insane Mm -hmm. yeah definitely That's wild
0: The last scene I had, and this one was kind of quick, it was when they, it's when Aisha's cover is blown, which still doesn't make sense to me. Like, I get that she was the guy's dad in Buenos Aires or Puerto Rico. I forget where the mission started. Somewhere in South America, I think. But I get that it was her dad that they killed and she was after Max for revenge and everything. But I didn't get, like, she's still helping them get to kill max which is how they get back home so i didn't get i didn't get why they thought she was like a turncoat on them during yeah. all this but whatever
1: anyways i don't get uh, on that topic not to interrupt your scene but on that topic she yeah her, her whole narrative confused me uh, because like even at the end like she she she's talking like she's going to like she has to hunt down and like kill max
0: it's all because for revenge because she right, got yes or he got her dad killed
1: right right yes because
0: right. max so the reason why the okay plot s- summation real quick the losers at the beginning of the movie were at that compound to take him out because max or max um max put in the order for the hit for them like covertly yes. Yes. And I mean they didn't know that they were taking orders from Max, but yeah. they were and the reason why Max wanted him taken out is because that that leader that they killed found out what Max was doing with the ecoterrorism with with those right. those snooks. So that's right. why so he wanted them out. He
1: sent he sent the barrage. He sent the like the missile barrage mm-hmm. to kill them, but yeah. they the losers got to him first because they were saving the kids. And Clay she she looks at Clay the head of the losers Mm -hmm. and essentially he's like i'm gonna go kill max but then we'll we have unfinished business and he's like okay and then he gets in the van which that to to me kind of implied that he she was gonna kill like she's like i'm coming after you because you you killed my dad i'm gonna kill max first but then i'm gonna come back for you because you still killed my father Mm-hmm and he's like, Okay, I got you. But then the very next scene, kind of the post credits or it's not post credit, but it's kind of an epilogue, is them helping Pooch get to his the birth of his child, and they're like, Yeah, champagne and she's there with them, like as as like a part of the losers. Yeah. And I'm I, like, Wait, what didn't you just say you wanted to kill Clay and now y'all are together and everything's fine?
0: I think they buried a hatchet during the last sequence the last fight sequence on the, the shipping dock because they they they, they had they they kind of resolved it there he like admitted like yeah i killed your dad like i'm being honest but you know he was he was a bad man and she goes i know he was a bad man but he was my dad so it was kind of like they sort of they sort of worked it out a little bit there um okay so so yeah, yeah, I, yeah it was a very quick you're right it wasn't like a drawn out thing it was a very quick resolution but but they did have some sort of resolution on the docks okay it was quick though okay yeah so my last scene was kind of is when her, when her cover is blown and mm-hmm. jensen pooch and cougar all like walk in oh and rogue all walk in holding guns except for jensen and my favorite part is just jensen going she's pointing the gun at my dick she's pointing the gun at my dick like i don't like this and and pooch just goes would you rather her point it at your face he goes i know this isn't going to make any sense but i will feel a lot better she was pointing it at my face and then she does she does and he goes do you feel any better he goes yeah yeah, it didn't make me feel that much better
1: (laughs) well scene i'm glad you mentioned that scene broker that scene was awesome like them just riddling this wall with bullets and she somehow survives in this She's tub and climbs out a window. Yeah. Dodging bullets.
0: We do get that obligatory slow mo of the gla- of the mirror piece falling, so that way you can see her ass as she f- flies across the room. I was like, Okay, action movie. But yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right, drink. It's a slow mo piece. But um, it's a
1: slow mo piece, that's true.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to bring up. I loved that little that, that quick interaction between them. I thought it was very funny
1: yeah that's that's a good point on a, okay my mind is now on a totally another track but i on the whole plot holes thing and i i think i already have the answer for this but i had I, it i have to mention it um we see so again it's a it's a comic book i get that and maybe if i read the comic book it'll explain it but max is wearing this glove mm-hmm. with ho- and he's got holes in his hand from something maybe he was in fight club maybe he got acid all over his hand i don't know but it doesn't explain why it doesn't explain why that that's a thing like that's just like part of his character but it we learned there's no talk about it there's no reference to it it's just that he has an a hand that looks like it had acid poured on it and he wears a glove
0: i guarantee you if you read the comics it would make sense slash I think that definitely plays into that this, this movie was supposed to have sequels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious about how it ends with Max just getting away and that the next movie would have been them probably tracking him down or something, but Mm -hmm. you could take it however you want. You know, if you haven't heard the comics, like you and I, I kind of took it as, Oh, maybe he, maybe he was like part of the research team that developed the snooks. And like, maybe like there was like a lab accident with the when he was trying to develop these these weapons and he hurt his hand or something but i if people listening if you have read the losers comic book series and know the answer to this write right into us because we you know we're interested i'm not going to read them right now but yeah if, <laughs> yeah yeah right right, right. yeah but yeah. so let's move on to the message of the movie do mm. you feel like there's any sort of obvious take home from this uh, well, obvious,
1: no. I don't think there's a clear, just, like, staring you in the face obvious me- message, but I did come up with one. Okay, hit me. Um, just the, in the whole theme of, like, the losers, and it, I, it's kind of based on the first scene and how it, you know, leading through, you know, who who Max is and his role. Power does not equate to morality. Huh. Um, I don't know if that's a, the best way of saying it, but that's kind of what I had down. Power does not – so essentially – Just because there's somebody in authority does not necessarily mean that they are going to be the most morally upstanding person. And I think we as, you know, kind of in the, uh, just in the world we are today, Like, granted, like, there's, there is, there are levels to where that is the case where it's like, you know what, like, they're, they're your authority, you need to be respectful, you need to be, you know, or whatever, like, you know, it's your boss. Your boss tells you, hey, I need you to get this done by the end of the day. You should probably get it done by the end of the day. Your right. parents say, hey, you need to clean up your room. You should probably clean up your room. But, you know, as you get older and you become an adult and you are an independent person in your own life, like just because somebody is the head of, you know, a type of government or a, a government organization or whatever, that does not necessarily mean that it they are – the most morally upstanding people, um, and okay. it, an example at the beginning of where they are given the orders to like, hey, stay, you know, we're we're gonna nuke the place, and he smashes the, you know, their equipment. It's like we got an equipment malfunction. We got to get out because they know, mm-hmm. like, they're like, this is not right. There are kids in here. Like, this is not okay. And they're like, no, we're proceeding as planned. And he was like, oh gosh, okay, well, the right thing to do is to save these kids. So that's what we're gonna do. Right. So you know, kind of. You know, that, that, and it's a message – again, I'm taking something from a movie that made it very clear that they did not want to put overly intense messages in their movie that it was supposed to be this kind of shoot 'em up movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I think it's applicable to, to today and the recent events that have kind of been happening that just because somebody is you know, a president or a senator or what have you, again, you know, do whatever you think is right – but just because they're in your authority, the, that they've kind of been put in a place of authority over you doesn't necessarily mean that because they say it, that means it's the best thing to do. And, you know, using discernment and, you know, if they, if they were like, hey, we don't, you know, if, if, if they got a call in and they say, hey it's not going to rain today. You don't need to wear your rain gear. And then they look up and there's clouds. They'd be like, you know what? If we don't wear a rain gear, it's not going to kill us. But this is like, there's children's lives on the line. And they're like, you know what? We know that this is what we have to do. Again, right. long-winded answer to, to essentially mean that, you know, just because you've just because you been there the longest doesn't necessarily mean you're, the, you're yeah. the most morally upstanding. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have the right intentions. At yes, heart. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But again... Like is that. that is that what the message of the movie was supposed to be? Probably not. Is that a message you could get from it?
0: Sure. Yeah, and, and that's something that's really, you know... I've, I've said this before in other episodes. You know, that's what... You know, movie is a sort of art medium. And, you know, it's how how it speaks to you. And that's how that how this movie spoke to you. Or what you're able to take from that. So, I, I like that. I like getting different interpretations. Mm. I kind of had... On the surface, you know, there's nothing super obvious about what the take-home message of this movie is. Yeah, And really... Right really there probably isn't one like there wasn't one in mind when they're making this just besides just make a fun action movie. But I mean, something I kind of took away from this was that this movie is just about people trying to find their way home. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of like that, that whole notion of, you know, your, your home is like, you know, where the heart is or home is where you feel like you're with loved ones or whatever, because after they, after they fail their first mission and they're stuck in South America, they they kind of just live there, and they're all at least Chris Evans and Pooch have like families that they're trying to get back to. Like Pooch's wife is with with child; he wants to get back to his family. And Chris Evans, you know, he has a he has a niece and that he wants to be a part he wants to be a part of her life and everything. But the leader right. of the group, Clay, he doesn't really seem to have any sort of like real family ties, mm. and he's kind of he, to me I didn't really feel like that Clay had the same sort of motivation to get back to the states as the other people because he didn't he felt like he didn't have a family and i'm like reading Mm. way too much into this but that's like what i got and when he it it wasn't until aisha kind of gave her proposition of i have a way for you to get back home he was kind of like all right well i I guess i'll do this for for my boys and get them home or whatever but it was when and we kind of see that he i kind of just felt like he once him and Aisha were able to have a relationship together or whatever he felt like he was he felt like he was fighting for something again besides just helping his friends get back home so i kind of felt mm-hmm. like i felt like you know this mis- this message is about people trying to fi- find their way home slash find where they semi belong or who they belong with kind of even though there's i'm not like saying that in, like a romantic kind of way but like just like oh these are my people ki- kind of thing i don't know mm-hmm. i'm a little off in the weeds a little bit but that's kind of like what i got from this no
1: no, yeah, I think, yeah, family ties and the importance of kind of the community are part of. I think that's a huge
0: message in the movie. So, sequel talk. Does this movie deserve a sequel?
1: Brooker, I thought a lot about this.
0: <laughs> you thought a lot?
1: Thought a lot about this question, Brooker. I can say with the utmost confidence that, yes, this movie deserves, needs, dare I say, requires a sequel. Um, Not only for the things that we talked about with Max's hand and (laughs) Aisha getting her revenge and all that stuff, but also, here's the caveat I want. I want Idris Elba's character, whose name is already escaping me. Rogue. uh, Rogue. I want, golly, we should have seen that coming from a mile away, by the way. His name is Rogue. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, whoops. (laughs) uh, Um... Rogue survives the explosion,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he's got his own kind of like, you know, maybe maybe he hunts down Ma- Max and kills Max, and then Rogue takes over as the head guy, and he's got like I don't know an eye patch or half of his body's burned up. Two or something. golf gloves. Two golf gloves, double the villain. <laughs> um, and I I also thought maybe maybe the maybe the second movie starts with. Um, a member of the losers club i'm probably just with such how what, you know because he's such a high profile actor at this point chris evans so jensen is you know back home and everything's normal and rogue he's coaching comes coaching the and petunias hunts yeah maybe i don't know but he's back home and everything's like life has kind of returned to, back to norm- normality and rogue hunts him down and they have this big face off like in his house or like at the softball baseball field after the game and all everybody's left they like fight it out and rogue kills jensen and so Mm -hmm. they find out that like the rest of the losers find out that jensen died and they said oh my gosh and they you know investigate and they figure out holy crap rogue survived and he's coming for us he's coming to kill us all and they have to band together um i've already put the movie together if you if they made that again i picked i picked jensen not necessarily because it's i know they not not because it's the best plot point but just because i know that he's a very high profile actor and they could they could probably get him they're like hey we need you for like the first 15 minutes of the movie like sweet yeah i could do that and then they send him off to do whatever he's doing now um but if he's not busy then you could pick somebody else but um i don't know that that's at least i would love
0: to see a sequel Mm -hmm. i like that i like that a lot i'm going to say yes i I agree with you there definitely should be a sequel to this and i actually think that they i mean they they want a sequel i want so just to kind of remind everyone the losers came out in 2010 so 10 years ago jeffrey dean morgan was in that movie with dwayne the rock johnson rampage yeah. And I watched an interview. So in 2018, I watched an interview with Jeffrey Morgan and the interviewer actually asked him about The Losers. And it really threw him off guard because you know he's there to promote Rampage the, the new movie and the interviewer goes, "Before we talk about Rampage, I kind of want to talk about one of my favorite movies of yours, uh, The Losers." And you just saw like the lights just light up on his face. He was just like, "Oh my god, yes, please. I love I, I loved love to doing and he he was like, Oh my god, thank you. Like you just saw his whole tone from oh here I am. Not that he was upset talking no, about that's Rampage. So fun. He wasn't upset talking about Rampage. He was like, Oh my god, thank you. It was kinda of like, Oh, I love that movie and nobody ever wants to talk about it with me, kind of thing. And he's and the person asked him why there wasn't a sequel, and he said, Listen, we want to do it. He said that uh, him and the other the rest of the cast members, they all he said they all talked to each other all the time. Like he so said they all like kept in touch and he said that they're all interested in doing a sequel to The Losers. He said it was just really an issue with the producers and the studios that they just didn't want to. Probably because it wasn't like a smashing box office, box office success like they, I don't know, maybe sure. an- anticipating it would be. And he sure, honestly yeah. put the blame for why it didn't do super well in the box office on the marketing he said they did not market this movie how it should have been he just straight up called that out but mm. yeah he said that he wants to do it the rest of the cast wants to do it they talk to each other all the time and it was just kind of really sweet and cool to see he's like oh yes i want i love this i love that project i was a part of eight years ago Let, let's talk about it so i i agree with you and in gene dean or in jeffrey dean morgan and everyone else from, from this movie yes this movie should have a sequel and i think it was mm. obviously set up to have a sequel
1: yeah i think i i would love to see it i think we could we could really make it happen i think these guys would should band back together and even if it's not exactly how, how i drew, drew it up maybe it's a sequel maybe idris elba doesn't make a return and it's just many 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 years down the road and maybe they play the like i'm coming out of retirement or i don't know <laughs> yeah but i think it would be cool to see a sequel it oh. was a fun movie
0: oh yeah definitely so as we wrap up, we're kind of, let's just kind of reiterate our rules. My drinking mm. rules were drink every time there's slow-mo, drink every time Jensen tries to flirt or hits on a woman in this movie, drink every mm. time Jensen is wearing a t-shirt with a gun on it, every, drink every time you see a title card for a location pop up on the screen, and then drink every time they say Max.
1: Nice. And, and mine were uh, every time somebody dies in slow motion or is shot in slow motion. Um, anytime a member of the losers is shot, anytime there's bad CGI fire, slash, anytime <laughs> you see a clear cut from a stunt double to the actual actor, uh, when you realize that Chris Evans is the real star of this movie. And then my final rule of finish your drink whenever
0: there is a slow motion rocket launcher shot. <laughs> that's great thank you so much for listening to our episode on the losers from 2010 directed by sylvain white this has been film on the rocks and we'll be back next week with our bonus episode talks on the rocks number three i think it's
2: number yeah three,
0: yeah. yeah we'll be ranking the four movies we did in july which were get out inside man remember the titans and this the losers. So we'll be ranking those four movies, talking about some stories and questions we got from listeners. There's still time to get those in, so email that to us whenever you want to. And if you swipe over to our show notes, there's a link to our brand new website where you can submit oh, yeah. where you can submit your questions, comments, movie requests, whatever you want right there. And our episodes are all available right there too.
1: Special shout out to Kat for building that website for us. It is
0: beautiful. It is. Yeah, my girlfriend did an excellent job making this website. She can make yours if you want. But uh so <laughs> there you go, there you go. Thank you so much for listening to us and be sure to follow us on our socials Twitter at film on the rocks, Instagram at film on the rocks podcast, and you can email us at fotrpodcast at gmail.com. Bye guys.